Hey everybody, there we go. Uh, thanks for joining. I'm really excited to have you as a part of this training. Um, today we're going to be covering a topic on 12 habits that we use with technology that can damage our mental health. And then I'll also be describing ways that you can change those habits into ways that will improve your mental health through using technology. So let's just go ahead and jump into these. These are not in any particular order. Um, I've just found that over the years, as I've helped people overcome uh, anxiety, depression, and all sorts of different challenges, that there tend to be certain habits that people uh, use that will either damage or improve their mental health. And so these are kind of a collection of observations. And I'm all for trying to piece together simple, actionable information that you can use to improve your mental health right away. So what I want you to be paying attention to as we go through this list are how many of these are you committing? Because it, the more of them you are, then obviously that would be a signal that there are obviously plenty of things that you can be doing to improve your mental health right away. Uh, and I also just want you to be thinking about which ones have the biggest impact on your mental health. Some of these you may not even think impact your mental health, but you'd be surprised to imagine that they actually do. And if you simply try an experiment of removing one of these habits, you might find after a week or two that there is a substantial improvement. So anyway, let's go ahead and jump into it. The first negative habit that will impair your mental health is reading your notifications first thing in the morning. This is a very common thing that people do as soon as they wake up, they immediately check their work email, their messages, uh, things of that nature. The reason why this is damaging for your mental health is what it does is it trains your mind to do two things. Firstly, it trains your mind to be distracted because now it's going to cause your mind to be more present to notifications and messages and just kind of what's going on in the outside world, as opposed to you being able to stay in an intentional mindset of what you really want for your day. So you'll end up conditioning the mind to be more easily distracted. It'll make it easier for your mind to be unfocused and to not be in the present moment. And those are some of the key habits, mental habits that will induce anxiety, depression, and stress. Another part of why you don't want to read your notifications first thing in the morning is it also trains your mind to be reactionary to other people's needs and other people's demands, as opposed to being intentional about what you want out of your day. So one of the key things that I teach my clients is how to train their minds to be, to operate more so in what we call the realm of intentionality, as opposed to the realm of reactivity. When we are in a headspace where we are reacting to other people's demands and wishes for our time, we tend to get stressed. When we are in a headspace where we are deciding what we want for our morning, what we want for our workday and so on, we tend to feel more fulfilled, like we're making progress towards meaningful goals of our own. So you don't want to start your day immediately getting yourself present to what other people's demands for your time are. So that's a, the first key habit. The second habit that will damage your mental health is having your phone notifications for email on outside of working hours. So each job is slightly different, but in almost every single job, you can set a more clear compartmentalized boundary between when you're on for work and when you are not on for work. A habit that creates bad mental health is people blend the two a lot and they go in and out of being on for work and on for personal life. And so the challenge with that is there is a, there's a concept called attentional residue. And what that really means is that if you consistently 
check notifications for work while you're still engaged in your uh, activities where you're trying to be present with your family, friends, or what have you, your mind is going to be somewhat focused still on work. You're never going to be able to feel fully present. And if you've got one leg in work and one leg in your personal life, it's you're not really going to get much out of either one. What you really want to do is when you're at work, you want to be totally in at work. You want to do very good intentional work and apply the right mental strategies to get the most out of that. And then you want to shift your focus and attention to being very intentional and getting the most out of your uh, personal experiences as much as possible. So that's another key habit that you want to break. One little way that you can start to replace that is to have a little conditioning mechanism for whenever you go off of work and onto personal time. So a simple way I like to do that is just having a clear outcome in mind of what you want when you are engaged in personal time. So even if it's something simple like, you know what, I really want to reconnect with my kids and learn more about what's going on with them and their lives at school tonight. That's what I really want to do at dinner. That intention will give you something to clearly focus on and you'll be able to move yourself towards that goal as opposed to just letting your mind go into reaction where it is being, where your focus is being directed by stimuli uh, and other people's demands. Okay, the third big habit with technology that will impair your mental health is having no restrictions on your social media news feed. So as a general rule of thumb, the more time you spend on social media, the more stressed and anxious people tend to be. Now, there's obviously, a, that's a kind of painting with a large brush. It depends a lot on the content you follow, how you're using the platform, who you are connecting with, things of that nature. But one thing to understand is the way that the algorithms of social media work is that they're, you will be training your brain to be less focused. And so that kind of goes back to that whole thing of if you want to have good mental health, you need to train your mind to be able to be present on a more ongoing basis. But more importantly, social media is also designed to show you content that you are going to engage with. And if you're not careful with what you engage with online, you can end up training the algorithm to show you material that is going to trigger you in some way. So um, the common ways to do this is it will show you material that causes you to feel fearful. So for example, when the whole crisis was going on initially with Russia and Ukraine, there was all of this news that was getting put out on social media and it was all over everybody's feeds, right? Whenever that happened. And uh, when COVID happened years ago, that was another big thing, right? Everyone was consuming all of this dark media. And so it was creating a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety. One client I had uh, years ago, she had a phobia that a comet was going to hit the earth. I kid you not, that was a phobia. Now she intellectually knew it was not true, but she kept feeling convinced that it was going to happen. And she her, her social media feed was completely populated with all of these bogus sites and profiles claiming that meteors were going to hit the planet. And so what she would do is she would talk herself off the ledge and she'd calm herself down, but then she'd get back on social media and feed her mind with all of this bogus data. But what you want to remember is focus equals feeling. So if you're spending a lot of time on your newsfeed and it's unregulated, and the algorithms are showing you material that can induce fear or anxiety or cause you to compare yourselves to other people, 
then that can cause you to focus in unhealthy ways and it can cause you to feel uh, anxious, stressed, depressed, something of that nature. So that's what you want to be kind of mindful of. I will tell you that I have had my Facebook news feed blocked for seven years, six, seven years. Like when I log on on Facebook, the only time I log on on Facebook is to message a particular person or to interact in this group, right? But I do not see my newsfeed. If there's a person that I really want to find out what they're doing and how their life is going, I'll look them up personally and see if they've posted anything. But I do not just let unregulated things go through the newsfeed. Why do I do that? Well, because the way our mind works is inputs and outputs. So if you're getting the output of fear, anxiety, depression, that has to do a lot with the inputs that you're putting into the mind. So the fastest way you can start to improve your mental health is to mitigate the inputs, right? Cut off the flow of negative inputs as much as possible. So that's one key thing. The tool I use is there's uh, there are tools that you can use called newsfeed blockers. You can also set up time for yourself where you can only allow the newsfeed to be viewable for like 15 minutes or half an hour, which might be advisable. So what I usually recommend for my clients is if this is something that's impacting your mental health, start to shrink that period of time and then uh, start to block it entirely if that helps you, right? It's not a hard and fast rule. Some people get their mental health boosted by going online because they follow a lot of positive accounts like mine. They get a lot of uh, useful strategies and tips, and that's great. But if it is a source of bad mental health for you, then you want to change that. All right. The fifth uh, habit, for excuse me, fourth habit, is enabling yourself to go to sites that you regret going to later on. So this would be, you know, time-wasting sites, perhaps, um, you know, playing online games, YouTube, maybe, you know, uh, any type of site like that that is actually not going to make you feel fulfilled. It's just going to be a way to pass the time. There is a program you can use. Um, it's called Freedom. I believe the URL is freedom.to. And you can put in a site blocker for yourself. So just like, you know, say a company would institute a site blocker for the employees, you can set it up for yourself where your browser will not allow you to access that site for a particular period of time. So if you know you have a negative habit of continuously going to a site like that, then you can do that. And I believe you can do that on mobile as well. All right. Number five would be responding to emails and messages as quickly as they come in. This is a big habit people have with their work. Uh, reading and responding to their work emails immediately as soon as they come in. This is the same damaging reasons for checking your notifications first thing in the morning. Again, you can't let your mind stay focused on one particular task, so you break your attention off to whatever notifications you're getting. It means that you never get any deep work accomplished, which is what it's called, which is what makes you feel most fulfilled and makes you feel like you're making the most progress. Uh, you train yourself to be more responsive to other people's demands than your own priorities, and that becomes a problem. So what you want to do with any type of reactive behavior is do it in batches. So um, for me, I do usually one period of time a day where I respond to all emails, all messages, all social media comments, all types of things like that. It takes me about an hour to two hours to get through all of that, but that works really well because then I can just chunk it all into that one section. And then the rest of my day is spent doing intentional things for uh, priorities that matter to me. 
Um, the other most common one that might work well for you is to do a hour of reactivity as a block at around lunchtime, like around one o'clock, and then to do um, from four to five if you're on a traditional work schedule, because you want to maintain those first couple hours of the day for doing deep work and getting the uh, the most out of your day as possible, focusing on work that shifts the needle towards your goals. Okay. The next one is going to be number six. And this is having distraction apps on your phone. Now, again, I am all in favor for you continuing to do anything that truly enriches your life, right? So if you really get fulfillment and joy and your life is better as a result of having certain apps on your phone because it brings you laughter or fun or you play games with your friends and family, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But what this conversation is about is about you being honest about what habits with technology are making your life worse, but you're still engaging in them just through the sheer act of habit or potentially because they give you that sort of low grade sense of feeling of comfort, but they don't really make you feel fulfilled. So uh, again, this could be anything. It could be a game. It could be social media. It could be uh, any type of time wasting app of that nature that you really regret using later on. So if you have something like that, what you want to do is literally just delete it. Just, just go ahead and delete it because if it's not there and you have to go through the extra steps of re-downloading it, it's much less likely you're going to spend a lot of time um, doing it. Okay. The next one is uh, having too many news alerts. So I, this will kind of amaze you, I do not watch or read or listen to the news. I don't. I flat out do not do it. And uh, you might be surprised because I know some of you are really plugged into the news but I don't do it. And the reason is news sites are very much like social media where they are trying to bid to keep your eyeballs glued onto their website as much as possible. And as the old phrase goes, if it bleeds, it leads because human beings are highly responsive to anything that induces fear or anxiety. And so news tends to just be a bunch of information about very negative things that I have no ability to control in the world. And when you focus on things that you dislike and that you cannot control, you will feel angry, upset, or anxious. None of those things will enrich your quality of life. It's really not going to matter the more you continue to focus on negative things happening in the world, unless you are going to jump in and do something about it, in which case you should just be focused on what contribution you are going to make about it. Right? So um, the, you know, I'll come back to the whole Russian-Ukrainian conflict was a huge one that recently got everybody's feathers ruffled. And, uh, you know, I, I, I am aware of what's going on, but I'm aware of what's going on through other people. So if there's something truly important going on, I'm going to hear about it through my wife or my family members or a friend or a client. Right. So I can still stay just as up to date uh, as anybody else, but I'm not letting my mind become overly focused on things that are just going to stress me out. So that's why you want to engage in what we call therapeutic deletion, right? Therapeutic deletion is the understanding that you only have about 100,000 thoughts a day, and we develop habits of what we think about all day. So if you're watching the news and you're getting all stressed out and anxious and negative and feeling upset about Republicans or Democrats or whoever, and that's 10% of your day, that means you're spending a whole lot of your mental calories on a bunch of crap that you don't need to spend that time and energy on. 
So you can free up that mental energy by cutting that out and saying you're not going to do it anymore. Now, maybe not watching the news every at all is a little too extreme for you, but you could at a minimum maybe bring it down to like Sunday mornings, right? Where you watch like that one one hour program or whatever, and you're going to get caught up on whatever relevant happened during the week, right? It's kind of a delusion that we really need to be watching the news every single day. Now, the next thing um, that I see causes a lot of bad mental health, this would be um, number eight, is using social media sporadically throughout the day. So if you are going to use social media, my recommendation is to have a set period of time during the day that you go and do it, and then when you go and shut it off. So if you want to go check on your friends on Facebook and all of that stuff, like do it from five to six or whatever and then be done with it at six and then go forward with your day. And then the next day you can get caught back up. That would be a much better way to do it as opposed to going throughout the day intermittently while you're trying to get work done and checking your notifications all the time. Because again, it's gonna train your brain to not be focused and not be present. And then after a while, you'll feel like you can't be present at all. All right, number nine is following accounts that cause unhealthy comparisons. Right. So this would be, you know, celebrity accounts or uh, it could even be friends of yours. Right. And they're always posting about how they how much money they make and what car they drive and whatever it is. Right. Something that makes you feel inferior of some nature. I would highly recommend you simply unfollow those. And the thing that you want to keep in mind, right, is some habits that you engage in, they are repetitive and they are habitual, but they add nothing to your quality of life. They only detract from your quality of life. So if you really want to take charge of your mental health, you have to start taking charge of your decisions, right? Making a real decision means to cut off from the other possibility. So when I block my newsfeed, right, I'm faced with a fork in the road. Do I engage in newsfeed or do I not? So when I cut off newsfeed and I put a blocker there, it cuts off that as a possibility. So I can only go down this other path, which leads to better mental health. When you block a site, when you delete an app, when you do something like that, it makes it much easier for you to follow through. So if you simply unfollow those accounts or better yet, maybe even block those accounts or something, then you can keep your mind from even being tempted to go and focus there. Cause every time you go and focus there, it's going to cause you to feel something that might be unhealthy. Right. Next is going to be, um, number 10, which would be, uh, having all of your emails go to your inbox with zero filters at all. Um, some of you guys do this and I don't know how in the world you do it. It drives me totally bonkers and crazy. Like the idea that you're going to have thousands and thousands of emails in your inbox that are unprocessed and unread, that tends to create overwhelm and it tends to create the desire to just ignore that type of thing long-term, which cannot be very good. So um, if you simply, if you can, what I recommend is filter as many messages as you can. So um, for example, one of the things I do is I email all of my receipts to myself for my tax purposes. And, uh, but I don't, they don't show up in my inbox. I have a filter set up so they automatically are read and they're labeled and they're put in the appropriate folder. So I never get a notification about it. So if I buy something on Amazon, I don't get the email notification saying, hey, you just bought something on Amazon. Yeah, I know I bought something on Amazon. It goes into the appropriate folder so that way 
you know, I can use that when tax time comes around for my uh, business write-offs and different things of that nature. But I don't need to be notified of every single thing of that nature. I heavily unsubscribe from email lists that do not add to my quality of life. Um, if there are email subscriptions that do add to your quality of life, then go ahead and keep those, of course. But I get rid of any of the ones that do not. And it, I've ruthlessly um, made sure that I cut out unnecessary notifications of pretty much all types. And that's why I'm able to generally stay pretty focused most of the time. Okay. The 11th habit is never unsubscribing to things, right? We just talked about that. So particularly if you have things that are just trash, like they do not give you any fulfillment or entertainment, they just are there then you, it's essentially just like clutter in your house. Like, why would you hold on to that? It's just taking up space, right? Except now it's creating clutter in your mind. So I would recommend going through, doing an audit, getting rid of those things. Okay, number 12, the final habit here is reading and not responding to messages repeatedly. So I had a client who had this habit. And when I used to run a nonprofit, I saw some of my team members would have this habit where when they were, inside of their inbox, they wouldn't focus on clearing their inbox. They would just open up an email. They would read the whole email, but they would say, ah, oh, I don't want to respond to the email. So then they mark it as unread again. And they tell themselves, okay, well, I'll respond to that later. And then they pick up another email and open that email. And they go, oh yeah, I don't want to respond to this one either. And they do that half a dozen times. And over the course of the week, you've now got 30 open loops in your head that are all taking up space in your head. And the more overwhelmed you feel, the more of an urge you're going to feel to not take care of what needs to be taken care of. So what you want to start to do is build the habit of just taking care of each little thing, one piece at a time, and you'll create relief. You'll start getting a dopamine, dopamine hit of like, ah, oh, nice. I never have to worry about that email again. Now it's clear. There's, there's such a powerful mental sensation when you just, once you start the thing, you finish the thing. And once you start the next thing, you finish the next thing. And some people like to have multiple things going at the same time, and that's fine. Some people are more multitask oriented, but the same thing would apply. Just focus on getting those things to completion, and then you'll feel a whole lot better. You don't want to overwhelm and stress yourself by leaving a bunch of open loops constantly. Okay. So those are 12 habits. I'm sure there are more, but those are the 12 biggest ones I see with technology that can worsen your mental health. And of course, you can do the inverse of those to improve your mental health. So I'd love to see in the comments, um, go ahead and let us know, you know, which one of these 12 has been the biggest impact on your own mental health and which one of those are you going to commit to trying to uh, implement a different habit? Which one are you going to commit to changing for the next couple of weeks? And let's see what kind of an impact that that creates for you. So again, if you don't know who I am, my name is Ty Hicks. Uh, I was suicidal in my teens. I learned how to train my brain to overcome depression naturally. Depression medications and therapy did not work so great for me, but I learned how to condition my nervous system. And now uh, we help people overcome depression and anxiety, usually in about three months time. And uh, if you ever need additional help, go ahead and check us out at Mental Health Coaching dot com. Um, but if you found this training helpful, please go ahead, let us know in the comments, save it for later, and we will be pleased to serve you and see you in the next one. Go ahead and take care for now. All right. See you guys. Bye.